What's up, bitch? <laughs> um, oh, not too much. <laughs> I am sitting on my bed with a hot cup of coffee. There's also two cats on my bed right now. Oh, hell yes. The so the vibes are pretty good. Pure decadence. Pure decadence. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's not a a ton for me to report back. Yeah, just um, just kitty time. Just kitty time. Oh, I went to um my roommate's, like, so she, like, turned 25 and graduated, like, very recently. Nice. Um, so her uh, mom threw, like, a little family gathering that's, like, a grad-slash-birthday party. I uh-huh. went to that yesterday, and her brother just had a kid, like, almost a year ago. So there was, like, a little baby walking around, and it kept looking at me. And um, I had made it clear to everyone beforehand that I'm like, I am not going to be rude to this small child, but I don't know how to interact with children, so I'm just not going to. So please don't, like, be mad at me for it. Right. Because um, I know my limits, and I, I just, you know. Um, right. But, like, I don't know. It's just so strange. Um, it's just a little person. Like, uh, it it just like she just walks around and people just look at her walk around and then that's like it's just like that's what having a baby is i guess yeah i mean that's <laughs> that's what you do with simba <laughs> you know what you're not wrong but also he doesn't try to hand me um half eaten crackers you know what that's true uh he doesn't I, vomit uh... on my floor though so i guess it's like <laughs> about the same it is my, kind of about the same my parents babysat for my cousins last night my cousin and his wife uh their kids their four-year-old stayed over the night with us last night mm-hmm. and i just do not have a high tolerance for toddler speak oh god no it's just and it was just like three hours of that which was just so much to handle it is like kind of stressful because especially for toddlers because like you know they're trying to communicate something with you right um and if you give them nothing they're going to be kind of they're going to be upset about it right but also like (laughs) what do you want me to do (laughs) i know i've had i've had this interaction and i was like i don't understand what you want from me (laughs) I know you're trying really hard, and I appreciate that. But um, at my best, I have a hard time understanding other adults. So. Right. <laughs> oh, God. And the fucking, like, the feigning, like, like uh, I, I, you know, he told a joke at one point. It was the same kind of joke that I told at that age. And, like, it, 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 by which I mean it was not a joke. Right. Like, he just kind of said a couple of words, and then, like, my entire family, like, pretended to laugh. And I was just like... I, I don't know what to do with myself here. It is so difficult when you, <laughs> I feel like such like a, like, like a, not, not to, not to like, not to like, not to like dunk on the kid for having like no comedy chops. Like, of course he doesn't have a tight five at age four. But... Right. Of course. Um, the thing is, I, I am never rude to children because I don't think it like, I'm not, unless someone right, is actively normal. rude to you're me, normal. I will not do the same. To, you know what I mean? Right. You're so I'm not rude to children. Um, but I don't have, like, the neurons that make me find them cute at all. Which right. makes... I think that is, like, the main thing. You, you cannot sanction their buffoonery. I, it is It is just... I'm, like, I intellectualize it. I'm, like, yes, this is what a child would do. But people are, like, oh, my God, it's adorable. And I'm, like, this is why you should have kids. And I shouldn't. 
Um, yeah, I just, uh, it is, it, it makes me feel, I feel like I, I tell a sort of intellectual line. <laughs> like, obviously I have the moral high ground above, like, child, like, people on r slash child free. Right, of um, course. You don't, you're not, you're not referring to them as crotch spawn. Right, exactly. Um. Dumbest fucking website. Oh, God. <laughs> the, the entirety of Reddit, but specifically also r slash child free. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um. But I also, like, um, have no, like, emotional tether to people who are, like, really excited about children. Oh, yeah. Um, because my roommate has worked with kids in the past and will just, like, tell me stories about the kids, like, she worked with. And I'm just, like, nodding politely the entire time. And she's like, I know you don't care, but I have to tell you. And I'm like, I do understand. <laughs> I know it's very important to you. Um, yeah. yeah. Children just kind of like that. It, it just, you know, it just, it takes, it takes a certain type of person. And I think it's big of me to recognize that I'm not that person. <laughs> Oh, you sure are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, you want to get into this? Oh, please, let's. God, um, your number your number one gore aesthetic blog podcast, dude. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's so... This this movie was like this. This movie was. I mean, I liked this movie. Don't get me wrong, but um, this movie also felt like it was designed for like people who like make gifts for guru blogs. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I, I don't know. I the the aesthetic is something. It's very 2012. It um, is, yeah. Um, so you're Sarah. Yeah, I'm Sarah. And joining me is Blair. Blair, yes, we're, we're, we're getting ready for Schlocktober because next week we've got guests going on. Um, I guess I should talk about what the schedule is going to be, right? Uh, we're, we've yes. Got a post, we've got a poster forthcoming, but here is the lineup that we are looking at. Hold on, I just got to find it. Uh, so on Friday, October 2nd, uh, Matt GameCube and girlfriend of Matt GameCube, Stephanie, host of City Girls Make Do, uh, will, well, one, one host of City Girls Make Do will be coming on to, we'll be watching Countdown, the movie about the app that kills you. Um, that episode will be coming out on the 5th. Uh, on, on Friday, October 9th, Brooks and Eddie, the Brotherhood Without Manners from Post Game of Thrones, Yada Yada Boys, and Five Grams of Iron and Fun Point will be joining us to watch <laughs> Chain Letter, and that episode will be out on the 12th. Then, on Friday, October 16th, we will be watching The Boy featuring Sylvia from Friends at the Table, Emoji Drome, and um, Take the L, I think is the name of the Death Note podcast that, that she does. Mm-hmm. And on Friday, October 23rd, The Return of the Mac... <laughs> we're we're finally redo we're finally redoing our lost episode by by having Roy on for Gremlins two. Oh my god, 
That is three years in the making. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was like one of our that was like one of our earliest episodes, and we just we just completely lost that episode because Blair's computer exploded. No, I think I think Roy's like Roy's audio, audio like eight fucked up shit. aggressively. Yes, what was it? Was it where your computer exploded? That I don't remember which movie that happened, but that did basically happen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I'm super excited for all of these movies. They see I I'm. Like they they all look great, but like the 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 movie I'm most ja- the movie I'm most jazzed for I think has got to be the boy. Yeah, I I think this is my first time hearing the entire movie list. Though we had agreed long ago on uh, doing a finale on Gremlins two. Yes, Gremlins two, which I'm beyond excited for. Grem- Gremlins two still Gremlin. Yes, fuck, um, it's gonna be great. It's going to be great. We uh, we do a stream the Friday before. Yep. And then, uh, the, obviously, the, the episode comes out. The Monday on... after. So, I know we haven't done uh, latest in horror movie news, but I've got a story for us. Oh? <laughs> I'm sorry. From NME.com. Just letters NME. Mm-hmm. Headline. Crew members test positive for coronavirus on Scream 5 film set. Christ. Why are we making movies? Can we not just, like, fucking chill for a little bit? And a sequel. A a, a fifth iteration of the series. Unnecessary. Nobody asked for it. Yeah, like, don't don't film Fantastic Beasts 3. Just, just throw that, just throw that one in the fucking trash. I mean, yeah. honestly, don't film Robert Pattinson Batman. Don't, please, don't kill Robert Pattinson with COVID. Please. <laughs> um, and God, do you remember that time he lied about seeing a clown die? <laughs> no. Yeah, he was like on a late show, and he was just like, "Yeah, when I was very young, I went to the circus, I saw a clown die, and then like two days later, he's like, I made that story up entirely. I could not tell you why." <laughs> um. I like when actors are, like, the appropriate amount of kooky. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, Robert Pattinson is that. Like, Robert Pattinson is chaotic. Like, that picture of him with uh, the, the guys from Death Grips. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> a little bit more on the story. A number of crew members have reportedly tested positive for coronavirus on the set of the upcoming Scream 5 film. As reported by Deadline, three crew members on the set tested positive for the virus. The horror film is currently being shot in Wilmington, North Carolina. Now... I didn't know this movie was happening until I heard about this. <laughs> Me neither. I don't think, like, even maybe the diehard Scream fans, like the the people who write fan fiction the for Scream that. The Screamheads. Yes, yes, as the, as they are popularly known. Um, I don't even think they were asking for this. No. No, this nobody wants this. Nobody needs it. Um, nobody needs Scream Five. No, we have, certainly we have, not. The, uh, Scream 2 is more than most people. Scream 2, Scream 1 and Scream 2 is like a person's lifetime allotment of Scream. We don't need more than that. And we here we are making our fifth. We are so greedy. For sure. America is the land of excess, truly. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> if there... <laughs> um, but, uh, like, like, frivolous excess. Yeah. Scream excess. Scream excess. Speaking of excision... Seamless. Perfect. You you missed this shit. This week, Blair came on to talk about the 2012 movie Excision. Mm Mm-hmm. Directed Uh, by, um... 
Oh, I just I just had his name pulled up. Directed by Richard Bates Jr. And I was like, this movie seems really familiar for a reason that I can't place. And then I realized it's because he directed another movie that we've done on this podcast, Suburban Gothic, which is a movie that I liked a lot. Also, oh. also starring, also featuring Matthew Gray Goobler. Uh, interesting. Yep. Yeah. That, that movie, I, I, I don't remember too much about that movie, except for there's a scene where a ghost comes in a light and then the light explodes onto Matthew Gray Goobler. This, that, you know what? That, I, I have not, because I believe you watched that movie without me. Yeah. Uh, uh, those vibes line up absolutely with this <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. Yeah. <laughs> This 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 man definitely has a uh, a strong a directorial style. Yeah, mm-hmm. he also directed a movie called Trash Fire. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Um. So yes, we watched Excision this week, which, um, the cliff notes of it is basically about a senior in high school named Pauline who is super super awkward. Uh, maybe that is a soft way of putting it. Yeah. Um, she is, she, uh, yeah, so she's, she's very, like, socially awkward and, like, heavily bullied for it as well, but also has a strong obsession with, like, gore, surgery, and blood, and, like, medical stuff, um, to the point of it being, in, like, almost entirely sexual. Yeah. Um, it is... She's got, she, like, every, like, ten minutes or so, we get one of these, like, cutaways to, like, a very sterile-looking shot of, like... Well, the movie opens with one, too, because it's, like, it's this very sterile shot with, like, the tiling that you would expect to see in, like, uh, like a, a pool, or, like, a locker room at the YMCA. Sure, yeah. And, um, and then just, like, that, like, very sterile environment being mucked up with a lot of blood from some yeah. way or another. Whether it's from, uh, nosebleed or period sex or, uh, uh, uh surgery. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Pauline's goal in life is to become a surgeon. And she sure does that by the end of this movie. Um, I, you know what? In a way, I suppose we could say that is true. She does surgery. Is is a surgeon not defined by doing surgery? <laughs> I guess it depends on who you ask. Some people might um, add the qualification that you need to be actually trained in it. Um, but, yeah, I guess she is a person who has done... Let's use person first language. She's a person who has done surgery. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, so uh, Pauline... Uh, lives in like a sort of very uh, like Christian, probably evangelical environment. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Her mother is extremely her her mother is extremely godly, and her dad is like whatever your mother says, kids. Yeah, I had a hard time clocking the sect of Christianity because it did not feel expressly Catholic to me. Yeah, it felt kind of like a, 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 I mean, I don't know the I, I don't know the divisions as well as you might, but uh, it just kind of felt like a, a, a pastiche of Christian of, of different Christianity sects. Yeah, just yeah. like Just like picking and choosing whatever they could like make her the most like obnoxiously Jesus-y. Yeah. I mean, it could very well just be like um, something vaguely Protestant. Anyway. Also, yeah. <laughs> um just as a side note i this is something i know like a lot about but don't ever consider this knowledge i have strange um but almost everyone i know even people who were like raised religious have like 
are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> maybe it's because I was raised Catholic, so I like had to know the divisions because most people are raised Protestant and they just figure like everything is Protestant. Um, anyway, this is neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, we we are attacking we, we we are attacking Catholics on this podcast. <laughs> Um, this, is an, this, is, this podcast is an assault on Catholicism. <laughs> can you believe it? If, can, you, can you imagine if we went fully anti-Catholic here? That would be such a weird... Christ. Um, so, yeah, so Pauline is in this in, environment where she, I believe, goes to, like, some sort of, like, uh, private, like, Jesus school. Um, just based on the fact that everyone is wearing uniforms. Um, and... She, instead of seeing a, like a psychiatrist or like a therapist, she like goes to like weekly sessions with her pastor, which she yeah, resents. Played by, played by John Waters. Which was startling, but also so fun. Um, the, 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 the cast, like the, the cast in the fringes of this movie are fucking wild. Uh, we've got, by the way, I, I asked if, um, I asked if the guy playing her teacher was Hannibal, but, uh, I, I did mean to ask if that was. Uh, I, I think I got my. I think I got my, my my wires crossed a little bit because I did recognize that that was uh, uh, a Clockwork Orange man. Yes. It's it, it's it's Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Um. It's, it's so strange. Yeah. So we have Malcolm McDowell. We have um. Uh, Ray Wise. Yeah. We have Matthew uh, Gray Goobler. Yeah. <laughs> we have um, John Waters. It is the yeah the tertiary cast of this movie. Um is deeply strange um which but it's fun it's creates such a weird vibe um and um so the other context for this 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 setting is that um pauline's younger sister has cystic fibrosis and that's like a, a thing um and we have these sort of like they're sort of foils for each other whereas like like um uh, Pauline is sort of like the dis the disaster uh, devil child, basically. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, her sister, whose name escapes me Grace. at this Grace, gosh, yeah, is like literally like the angel baby, you know, the yeah. perfect put together angel angel baby. But like, so they're like foils in that sense, but also like get along um, exceptionally well for being so like different. Um, I, Which I, I appreciated, though the, it, there is a yeah, bad end to the situation. Yeah, it's a cute sister relationship. Um, I was doing some research. Uh, I, well, I was just looking into any of the other uh, actors who had, like, a blue name on Wikipedia. And one of them was the um, the deaf, like, school counselor that shows up in one scene, mm -hmm. uh, whose name is Marley Matlin. And I checked out her filmography, and uh, she was in the Limetown TV series as Deirdre Wells. Oh, interesting. Which is a weird. She she also was a voice on Family Guy, which I imagine was not uh, very respectful of. Probably, her. I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, probably not, though. Air on that side. Um, yeah, I. Uh, um, yes, and so um, Pauline also has a very like, like it's like domineering mother Phyllis, and deeply passive like father bob um and it is it is sort of a, a very recognizable dynamic but um dialed up to i feel like an extreme 
to which I found it very engaging. Um, I don't know. I, I, as much as like cliche is played with in this movie, I, I never found it to be eye rolly at all. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I also think that has a lot to do with the fact that the performances were all really strong. Yeah. Um, um, and all, the writing was pretty strong too. Um, so. A, a large subplot of this movie is, uh, Pauline being forced to go to Cotillion and her saying, I don't want to fucking go to Cotillion. Yeah. So there's, there's a few, <laughs> there's a few conflicts. Um, it's, yeah, it is. <sighs> I'm trying to think th- thematically, like, so we have like, um, uh, 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 Pauline wanting to lose her virginity While on her, her period, period and yeah. also Pauline being forced to go to Cotillion. Yes. Um, th- these sort of like overlapping. The, the, fan- the fancy young ladies class. Yes. These sort of like overlapping like conflicts that we have, um, which I think serve to uh, overlay a sort of uh, per- I don't know I'm trying to articulate ideas as I'm going um, because this this movie is like very much about like sexual fantasy and like right. perverse sexual fantasy yeah. which yeah, yeah, yeah. did not feel like um, uh, like like weird uh, uh, like quasi-pedophilic gazy at all um and uh, like not the least of which is because of uh, the fact that paulina is an 18 year old like i mean still in high school obviously so whatever but like she is legally 18 years old but also the fact that like it it doesn't it doesn't have it, this movie is sexual but not erotic does that make sense yeah it's um, not yeah very not erotic yeah um and yeah, because it is it is is very like stark and it's 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 displays of sexuality to the point where like we see her like losing her virginity and it is um it is it is a it it is more of a tense scene than it is like something that is framed as like like something you're supposed to like get anything out of you know what I mean um, uh-huh. because uh, during that scene she it's like intersplit inter like like intercut with um the sort of like fantasies we have in her that in that stark environment where she is choking uh the man that she, <laughs> or the, the the dude he, she's having sex with and then like he's like covered in blood and basically like um all of these things and then she says gobble up this she says gobble gobble up this pussy and then he does and then he uh gets pussy blood all over his mouth yes um I I don't know. I do you feel the same way like were you like put off by the fact that there were so many like displays of like high school sexu- sexuality in this movie? Yeah, it, yeah. It it was kind of like Yeah, it felt weird. Sure, sure. I I it felt very like this movie is about that and that's not like to make an excuse for it. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like they could have, like, gone down, like, uh, I don't know. 
I feel like they could have made an made a further attempt to obscure the actual act. Like the way we the way that we see the bodies like almost in their entirety like in mid coitus, which is like it it happens. It just happens the one time, right? It does, yeah. And except I mean, for all the fantasy, except for all the fantasizing scenes, right? In fairness, I don't think we see any like. We don't see titties. We don't see right. pussy. We don't see we don't see peepus. Right, right. Um, but we see pretty much everything else. Yeah, I mean, we yeah we see like thrusting and naked backs and everything. Yeah, we see we see like a, an eagle eye shot of her riding Adam. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it's. I think that uh, I don't know how I would have done it because I'm not a director, but I think this could have been done without showing so much of the bodies. Yeah, I don't know. Again, this, I this movie I is understand about... that, but I <sighs> I'm very conf- I have very conflicted feelings about it. I, I was right. having that thought. I was having that thought through my head while I was watching that scene. I was like, "This is yeah, it's definitely on a line because I feel like it could have been. I feel like if they actually showed a lot of like her nudity, like a lot more of it. Oh yeah, um, this was. I, I would have been way more put off by it. This was definitely on the tamer side of things, but I don't know if it was on the tamer enough side of things. Not to, you know, not yeah, to be like fair. a prude, but yeah, no, no, no. I think it's fine because it is, it is a, it is a, it, a difficult needle to thread. Right. Um, though, uh, not a, not a one that should be like avoided being thread, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, because like, I think there's like value in something like this you know right um and i think it's i I think something that like i I can i think about a lot is that um there is a uh like like teenage sexuality is often explored in coming of age stories Mm -hmm. like it's regularly explored in coming of age stories and i don't want to say that like it's uniformly good or bad or anything obviously but it's I don't know. I find like I, I I always find myself being more critical when it is a. Uh, this is a very odd coming of age story, but I would still say that it is a coming of age story. I would agree. I would agree. I, but I think there's a lot more scrutiny applied to the female coming of age stories than there are to, uh, you know, male coming of age stories. But for sure, also, for sure. but so I'm you know I'm jacking with that and the fact that like I still feel even with that in mind this still like approaches a line for me and there's just a lot of conflict there's just a lot of conflicting feelings that I have yeah I think it was like for me it was like based on purely vibes like I feel like you can tell when like a director is like getting off to it you know um and it just didn't feel like that to me you know um it felt like fairly clinical um, but that is a deeply subjective judgment I'm making. Definitely. I can definitely, like, if someone came out, if someone, like, turned off this movie at the 30-minute mark when that happened, I would not begrudge them. Sure, yes. Um, yeah. But I think... Much to think about. Yeah, but what I think it, like, is 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 doing there is that she's, she's um, being pushed to do cotillion at the same time as this, which is, like, something for much younger people. Um, And she's, like, like a senior in high school. She's 18. She's, like, close to graduating. It is, like, this sort of, like, infantilizing of herself by her mother because she, like, feels, I think, like, her mother feels like she has not had enough control over how 
feminine she's reared her daughter right so she's like trying to take it a step back to make sure that like that, that like social conditioning really gets in there at the same time that pauline is like having these very like uh like atypical like sexual fantasies and, and experiences that are not like um, not what one normally would have at age 18 for right a, they, for the they average, are, like you know um like it is like obviously there's going like at age 18 you are still experience like you're probably past puberty at that point but you are still experiencing hormones sure um everyone's experiencing hormones <laughs> right um i i think like it is it is like uh, uh, an inf- like an it's like an infantilized norm versus, not necessarily a mature, like, like uh 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 rejection of that norm, but de- certainly a rejection perce- of it. It's what she perceives as mature. Like she is forcing yes. ma- she is forcing a maturity on herself in order to act out against this infantility. Yeah, she definitely articulates herself as someone who sees herself as a full grown adult. Um, uh, to the, to the point where, like, even, like, uh, soliciting, like, um, like, Adam to lose her virginity felt more like, uh, uh, like, writing an email to, uh, a co-worker in order to get, like, a spreadsheet done. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it did not feel like... It felt hey, like an errand. It, it felt, yeah, it felt. It did not feel like, hey, sexy boy, let's go have sex. She was like, I need to check this... I need to check this box off of my... Uh, my to-do list. Yeah. Um, yeah, and because the... the, um, the Basically, she's like... It, it was very, like, pragmatic. It was like... She's like, I'm clean and I'm on birth control, so have sex with me. Um, yeah. And you know what it worked, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, he was a cherry poppin' daddy. Shut up. <laughs> oh, you shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, so this, I feel like this movie does not necessarily have a very, very strong, like, detail-oriented plot. It is more about, like, uh, tensions between characters and character dynamics. Very much so. A lot of this movie is about Grace's weird and strained relationship with her mother. Uh, yes. And, uh, her relationship with her sister, who is, like, dying, kind of, who's, like, pretty much dying from cystic yeah. fibrosis. And also, to a, le- to a lesser extent, Grace's father's strained relationship with Grace's mother. Yeah. Um, because... And yes, I, because I, I think a very strong scene that like comes to like a, an apex of that, at least between of Grace's dad and Grace's mom and Grace or uh, uh, not Grace, sorry, uh, Pauline's dad and Pauline's parents having contention, and also Pauline's uh, conflict with her mom is the scene where uh, Pauline's mom like has a basically has a breakdown and it's like I can't fucking deal with this girl anymore. I'm gonna fucking divorce you, Bob. And like Pauline is just sitting just outside the room and listening and crying. Right. Yeah, it is. I I I enjoy Pauline's character so much. Yeah. Um, uh, I, cause she she is a human being with emotions. Clearly, despite being 
strange. She's like clearly someone who desires connectedness. Um, she's like and clearly someone who like like feels connectedness with like other people. She's not just like like an entirely like an asocial like creature, you know. Right. And um, I, I think I think the thing that shows like her desire to be connected is that like despite her constant arguments with her mother, there is like she has a desire to engage with faith in a way that her mother does. Yeah. Like, it, but it's in a very like again, it's in a very like clinic like in the same way that like her propositioning Adam, it's in a very clinical way. It's just like she is talking directly to God. Like she's you know, there's no like flowery language about it. She's just like. Hey God, uh, it's me. Um, I would like not to get pregnant. I know I was on my period, and I've been taking my birth control, so that's probably not a deal. But uh, you know, just tossing that out there. Uh, cool, thanks. Bye. Like, yeah, it's, it's a very like it's a very like by the books attempt to have a relationship with God. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, it is. Um. It's 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 very pragmatic. Everything. Yes, very pragmatic. Um, and. Uh, yeah, she's like. It's, in, it's a, in, she's a very she's a very letter of the law. If not, she's a very letter of the law over the spirit of the law kind of person. For sure, and what I found super interesting is like she does not she is not like not being she's not antisocial. She's like engaging. She engages people in what she sees as positive ways, and then is like rejected because it is not uh the normative way you know what i mean i i felt very akin i felt very akin uh uh, i felt like a kinship with her on this because i went through very similar things because i was a uh i you know i i tried my best to have friends for the majority of my schooling career and uh my friends kind of treated me poorly because i did not really know what the what how to how to have friends yeah and it is it is like so strange because like i feel like those norms matter the most in high school and basically only high school right yeah um like i have not had those issues since graduation (laughs) yes um yeah because i've like also like talked to like other friends about it they're like like they hold those that same like social concern and i'm like these nobody is people (laughs) adults have so much more tolerance for that um and not even tolerance they just like are they just get worse at socializing themselves yeah you know um so anyway but like i i i it it, the so the the thing that troubled me more about this movie is what it has to say about like mental illness because there is no real specific mental illness there i think that it's trying to represent necessarily um but it is like obviously painting the portrait of a person who is um uh like uh, neuroatypical i guess um yeah. which is fine for the most part until like the culmination of this movie which ends in uh uh Pauline doing uh, experimental lung transplant between the neighbor girl who was like mean to her and her sister to give her like a new lung, um, yeah. which is like uh, a pretty bad call. Yeah, I don't think she does a very good job of it either. Like, I, I, I feel like that. Like, 
I am no surgeon, but I feel like there needs to be more to be done than like popping out one lung and then popping in the other like a Lego piece. Right. <laughs> Definitely. There's but a maybe, lot of maybe, like... Maybe not. Again, I am not a surgeon. Maybe that's how you could do <laughs> lung surgery. Hold on. I no, do I, think there's know, more involved. There's like blood typing involved. Yeah, my sister's a nurse. She might have some information on this. I'm going to see if I can get her on the horn real quick. Just two seconds. <laughs> I'm gonna, she's downstairs. Let me see if I can grab her for the podcast. Is organ transplant like Legos? Here's Emily. Speaking to the mic, it won't pick you up if you're too far away. Did you already ask the question? So we're just trying to figure out what the exactly... Blair, say hi. Hey! Oh, God, that's loud on my end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're just trying to figure out, like... So in this movie that we watched, it ends with a surgery, quote-unquote, where a girl just basically pops out her sister's lung and then pops in a healthy lung... Like a Lego, as I was saying. And then uh-huh. just stitch, 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 stitch. Does that work? No, I mean, you have to reconnect all the nerves, all of the vasculature. I mean, it's not just coming from one place. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like an hour it's process. It's not a Lego. No. <laughs> no, very much not. Like, maybe removing the lung is an a hour? little more than an hour. I don't know, because like a lobectomy is an hour. So No. <laughs> Final cool. answer. <laughs> quick, uh, other quick question. In this movie, in this movie, a girl threatens to uh, give someone a tracheotomy. Uh, was it a tracheotomy? Is that the word? A trache or a tracheotomy with the blood side rope. of a, a jump rope. Could you do that? What? I don't even understand like the logistics of that. <laughs> <laughs> like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you very much for your input, homie. <laughs> Future surgeon Emily Rogers. Great. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna plug my headphones back in. Please, by all means. Alright, so now we've got a, now we've got the answer for that. Cool. You know, I figured it would be more complicated than that. Yeah, me too. I just liked hearing a do- I just liked hearing like a, a medical professional's opinion. On... Yeah. And I guess since this is like like a horror movie. Um it makes yeah. an, um, it makes like a, a like a, a narrative logical sense that it would have ended this badly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I don't like. I it's. I don't think it's a positive thing. Right. That's being done. It it, it exists in the same way. The, it exists in the same place. I sort of see like, um, like how the sexuality is handled. It is perhaps not the best move, but it's done worse in other places. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like other movies have handled other horror movies have handled mental illness worse than this one, but it is not in the place that we would ideally like it to be. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um complicated, complicated. Yeah, com- um, yeah, that that's this movie. Why'd you have to go though, make things so complicated? Yeah, though I would say like despite the the issues that this movie has um, I still, like, really enjoyed it. Um, I feel like it was, I mean, aesthetically, visually, so of its, like, aggressively of its time. Um, uh-huh. oh my god, like, the, the inter, the interstitials of, like, her, like, gore, like, surgery fantasies, like, felt like Lady Gaga music videos. Yes! That's what, that's the vibe it was giving me, yes! Uh-huh. There was uh-huh. also, um, like, the 
uh, uh, Pauline engages in like a sort of like, like she engages in a not like other girls kind of like, and like, of course that's like, that's like par for the course for high schoolers who are like, absolutely. but it's also just like a very, a very 2012, like not like other girls kind of thing. She, uh, also she refers to another girl's vagina as a, what is it? A diseased ax wound. Yes. Which is such excessively turfy language. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, she, and she, man, like, that interaction is so, like, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there is that, um, uh, what I, what I would see is, like, a very recognizable attack, mutual attack on femininity between, um, uh, teenage girls who hate each other. Uh-huh. Um, which... Uh, I don't know. I was just like, yup, <laughs> that's how it was. Yeah. Teenage girls do be like. Yeah. Because like, so Pauline says that to this other girl and then the other girl is like, you should get estrogen, ester- like estrogen, like supplements or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no one's doing gender correctly. And that yeah. is the attack. Right. Um, can you hear that siren outside? Yeah, the cops are coming to get you for gender crimes. Ah! <laughs> um... Yeah, it is, it is... You have committed crimes against gender and its people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is what it is. I think, again, like, the 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 bullying in this movie did not feel comical to me. Like, it did not feel, like, self-parodic. Right. It was... And this, yeah. like, it comes to a head at the end when uh, her house gets, like, written on by those women, by those girls, and it's like... It, there is like a parting shot to their intelligence. Yeah. That uh, they can't spell the word cunt properly. Yes. Um, which is, um, <laughs> I mean, and it, I it, it, there there is such a not like other girls sentiment to this movie. Like there is like she at Cotillion, she refers to all the other women there as uh, what what is it cum dumpsters. Like, over-made-up cum dumpsters, yeah. yeah. and, like, the women, the, the girls can't spell the word cunt correctly, so they, like, they like write C, cross it out, write K, write, and then cross that out and write C over top of it on the garage of their, uh-huh. of uh, Pauline's family's home. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I don't know how to feel about it. Uh, I feel fine about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Because I, like, um, I think the, the, the whole, like, I'm not like other girls concern is like sort of overblown in some like, like feminist circles because the having grown up as like, like a person who uh, was rejected like soundly for not performing femininity correctly uh, in like elementary school and middle school. And then sort of like was more accepted as soon as I like, learned those patterns the the ones that i eventually rejected suddenly <laughs> as an adult uh-huh. um i i find that and also was not like other girls in spirit around those times i find that like in a large part that sentiment comes from like women who are like rejected for not performing femininity correctly um or it is come it comes from like women who like trucks um <laughs> and 
Sorry. So I guess it just depends on like how racist you are, is yeah. if it's bad. <laughs> oh my god. So do you have anything else to say about this movie? Um, I actually like I'm, I I want to try to like uh, dial in on the like this like the surgery fantasies because sure. um they are they are very I mean they're fantasies but they're very fantastical they're like they represent Pauline in this sort of heavily made up um uh, uh, a way where she like is uh her her makeup is done in, in this very like um uh over the top way she's like always got a different wig on her she's 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 a a, a girl with like um, can, I guess like a, a, a normally like not over the top acne, but just like normal teenage acne. Right. Um. Uh. But like you don't see that in movies, so it is like noticeable. It's jar- yeah, it's very glaring. Yeah. Um. And that is like basically a a, a non feature, and so it is like it is an idealized version of herself. I think. Um. It is her fantasy version of herself. Um. And she's like surrounded by all these people who like adore her, and there's like there's just this this the, the, it exists in no reality like the 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 scenarios she's engaging in which speaks to me um how she is sort of disconnected from the reality of this passion she has um she sees herself as maybe like uh uh just like inherently um incredible at this this thing she's very interested in um, instead of, like, recognizing the fact that, like, um, she is, like, uh, a, an untrained kid, basically. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It is, like, it is, like, this sort of, like, self-mythologizing that happens in these fantasies. Um, yeah, it's that, interesting. That, that does lead to the climax of the movie where she is, like, okay, I've done all my research, never t- never yeah. put my hands on a cadaver, yeah, uh, I I am now Detro- I'm now going to Detroit become surgeon. Yes, um, she's like yeah. So she's like I've read textbooks. I know how to do this basically. Yeah, just uh, which makes sense because she does everything with uh, and has she does everything with an, an insane amount of confidence. Um, which like like even the fact that she's like rejected by her peers obviously hurts her emotionally, but does not seem to knock down her confidence as a human being at all yeah um she basically just reacts with like threats of violence with which honestly work (laughs) like get it um but yeah i don't know um i i have i would say generally positive but mixed feelings about this movie um i i love its vibe but i i don't love everything it's trying to say yeah, yeah. That that that's about. So, I I I don't want to put a number rating to this movie because it feels like I don't know where to. I don't know where I'd land in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like on some days I could come at this movie with a four, and some days some days I can come at this movie with a two, and it just kind of yeah. depends on the day. Personally, I'm gonna put it at a three point five. That sounds about where I'm gonna where I'd land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think it's solid and worth engaging with. Definitely. Um, but. Uh, it misses the mark in some spots. It does struggle. Um, uh, and I think the fact that it is so over the top in so far as, like, uh, visuals and content um, 
is it it makes those sort of stumbles feel um more intense uh-huh which is not to say that they aren't but i think they stand out more in this film than they would in a different one maybe but then they but these but the, those decisions wouldn't have been made in a different movie this <laughs> it is it is sort of in a class of its own um i yeah yeah i i I stand by this movie as something I enjoy and would recommend, but with caveat. Yeah. Bit, yeah, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have any questions, so if you want to just go straight into recommendations. Oh, sure. Um, I can go first if you need. Y- please, by- <laughs> please, save me. My recommendation this week is going to be a game that I've played a bit of in when it was in early access, and then it came out for real last week. Uh, Hades, the game, the roguelite game where you play as the demigod son of uh, Hades, fighting your way out of hell. Uh, it's really good, and all the character designs in it are big fucking sexy. I don't know if you've... Have you seen any of them, Blair? I have not, actually. I need to show you what Dionysus looks like. Oh, please! He is a fucking himbo. I mean, he has to be. He's fucking and, Dionysus. And he looks like... I'll post it in the chat. Okay. He looks like this. Oh, their general chat. Oh yeah. Oh, love that. Yeah. Oh, great vibes. All the character designs in this in this game are great. It, it also is a great fucking game to play. It's not. It's not just eye candy. Uh, Supergiant makes really really good uh, looking games, and I think this is also one of their. I think this is one of. The, I think this is their best playing game since Bastion. Like I, I, I loved Bastion. I liked Transistor. I liked Pyre, but I love this one. the The voice mm-hmm. acting is all stellar. The music is, um, the music is pretty good. I don't have a ton of, to write home about it because I normally listen to podcasting while I'm also roguelike gaming, but it's good. <laughs> um, I just, I really fucking like it. Uh, Blair, what you got? So I'm struggling with this because the thing I've been enjoying the most recently ha- has been something you've recommended to me on this podcast. Sure. Um, which is the QAnon Anonymous podcast. It's good. It is very good. Oh my God, is it very good? <laughs> um... And the other thing that I've been enjoying recently is something I've already recommended on this podcast, but it does feel like relevant. Um, so I might, I'm going to mention it again. Um, Venture Bros got canceled recently. Semper funny. Um, in the middle of them writing their eighth season. Um, oh, so I have been rewatching brutal. it as sort of like in memoriam to this show I enjoy very much. Um, and I, I truly cannot recommend it enough. I mean... So it has a, a lot of the same trappings as uh, Adult Swim shows would normally have, um, but is, like, narratively more mature than most of them. Um, like, insofar as, like, like problematic content. Um, it... I... I just love it so much. It is, it's such a, it's such a, such like a meaningful, like, like look at, uh, American pop culture, I feel like, and like tropes there and the implication of those tropes, as well as like telling really compelling stories about like family, uh-huh. um, and like, like relationships and it's also extremely funny and i just wish it like had less problems like problematic content in it um 
but yeah, it's it's. I'm gonna do a, a recommend recommendation 2.0 on that one. Um, Hell yeah. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> um, just as like a, a personal aside, um, it is so it's like the day that because Adult Swim never went out of its own way to announce that it had been canceled. Basically, the creator had to like hop on his own Twitter, which he hadn't touched in years, to be like, "Yep, it got canceled." Um, and then immediately, Adult Swim was like. Hey guys, uh, so everyone hated that we canceled this show, so <laughs> we're gonna try to do everything we can to get them another season. Um, and I was like, yeah. So basically, um, I feel like television networks don't understand what people like ever, and that is just a feature of capitalism in general. Yeah. Uh, it's bad. It's not good. But the show is good. Um, That's good. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Sarah. Yeah. Do you have things you'd like to plug? Yeah, I would love to, first of all, plug. We are at Fear Baiting Everywhere. That is uh, Twitter. That is Patreon. Patreon.com slash Fear is where you can go to support the podcast. Hold on, I need to do a big stretch. Wow, big stretch. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. Oh, a little lightheaded from that one. Uh, okay. so, uh, slash fearbaiting can $1 a month get you early access to the episodes when we get them up early. Five bucks a month gets you your name right on the podcast and a message of your choosing. Ten bucks a month lets you choose a movie for us to watch. So thank you very much to Mogu, Ducky Aisha, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, and Michael Kaiser. We love you all so much. Uh, if you want to find, uh, well, thank you very much to Seda, who did the intro and outro music for this podcast. You can find them making music under people you meet outside of bars or head to gaygothvibes.online for a direct link to their work. Um, thank you to Matt GameCube, who is now resp directly responsible for the fact that I say Z instead of Z when I'm doing my math homework and Z is a variable. So thank you very much for that, Matt, and uh, no uh, Noisespace.xyz, which is the podcast network we are so happy to be a part of. Uh, if you want to hear more of me, you can listen to The Wonder Yerks, which is the Animorphs podcast I do with the aforementioned Seda and the currently featured Blair. Mm-hmm. Hi. And if you want to listen to me talk politics, I'm on Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, the leftism podcast by for and of the Terminally Online. I'm also on Twitter at Sunhajenya, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. And keep your ear to the ground on the tw on the Fear Baiting Twitter. We will be announcing uh, stream times uh, as we get closer to the Friday, uh, as we get closer to this coming Friday. Yes. Probably be like 8-ish or 9-ish. We just have to iron out exactly when. 8, eight, right. eight or 9 EST PM. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, you can find me online at Blurk Kitch on Twitter, and that's basically it, other than the places that Sarah has already mentioned. Um, yeah, I'm online sometimes. You are. Check me out. Check out my, my hot tweets, <laughs> my spicy tweets. Um, uh, my roommate knitted, um, uh, hats for the cats recently uh -huh. and those are on my twitter those are worth looking at mm -hmm. yeah they're, mm -hmm. they're good mm -hmm. um but yeah that's it that's it um so until next time folks i'm have... sarah oh you are sarah and i i have in the past and currently ben blair uh and remember you can put a fucked up guy anywhere good night everyone Peace out.